Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products. Just for being a Getting In listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice by going to www.audible.com college. From Slate and Panoply, this is Getting In, a podcast series about the path to college. I'm Julie Lithcott-Hames. Today, we're going to hear two surprising and specific ways a student can show demonstrated interest in a college. And this month, students around the country are clicking submit on early decision applications. Some of our very own Getting In students clicked that fateful button this weekend. I'm weirdly calm. I thought after I clicked it I would uh, (laughs) surrender to my body's exhaustion and collapse on the floor, but I'm actually, I'm okay. A little later, we'll hear more from one of our Getting In seniors about that moment. But first, Park Muth is back to answer a listener question. For 28 years, Park worked as a dean and an admission officer at the University of Virginia. He now advises families on the admissions process. A parent in Massachusetts who wanted to remain anonymous emailed us asking for a deeper explanation of quote-unquote demonstrated interest. I am a parent of a sophomore at a public high school outside Boston. Here is my question. I hear a lot about demonstrated interest, but don't really understand it well. What exactly can a high school student do to demonstrate interest beyond visiting a campus and, as I learned from the podcast, opening the emails received from colleges of interest? Now, in terms of demonstrating interest, I'll give a couple examples just from the last day and a half. Yesterday, I had a student who wrote she was very happy. She's applying to some very highly selective schools, both in the U.S. and in the U.K., and she's a budding scientist. So she's done research with a Ph.D. student in immunology and on T-cells and memory cells. And she wrote an email to a professor who has done research in the same field to ask some specific questions and whether, as an undergraduate, they could get involved in the research. And this professor wrote back in six hours. This says something about the school. So that's something when a school asks later on, why are you interested in us, you can say, Well, I've been in touch with Professor Jones on her research on immunology and T-cells. You know, we've exchanged this information, and I hope to get involved in her lab. I mean, that, that shows she's gone way beyond taking a tour and the regular stuff most people do. What I just said is going to scare some people, but that's the reality. I mean, if you're trying to get into some of these really high-end schools, there are people who are doing these kinds of things. You need to be aware of that. Now, another student had just discovered that there's a club gymnastics team at a school she's very interested in. And she found that on their webpage, and it said, if you're interested, contact us because we would love to hear about that. And if we think you could really help us, we will contact the admission office. (laughs) So they're coming right out (laughs) and saying, you know, we want good people, but they're not a varsity team. I mean, athletics, especially at the Division I level, that's an entirely different discussion because pretty much the coaches are going to be reaching out to you rather than you reaching out to them. But club teams, if you're good at something and you get in touch with some of these clubs, whether it's ice hockey or gymnastics or equestrian sports or downhill skiing or anything else. First of all, it shows, again, if a school asks, why do you want to go? The same thing holds true. It may not be you've talked with some Nobel winning 
scientist, but you've talked with the president of the gymnastics club, and they've encouraged you to reach out, and they think you could be a valuable addition to their team. I hear what Park is saying, but the reality is most kids haven't done research at a level such that they can reach out to a faculty member at a college they might want to attend and send an email demonstrating interest in that faculty member's lab. And most students aren't athletes either. So for those of you who fall into these categories, who can't talk about research and aren't approaching an athletics team, there's still stuff you can do to demonstrate interest. Here's an example from my own life. I've got two kids. One's a freshman, one's a junior in high school. And my son, the junior, is interested in science. He's interested in biology specifically. And in our community, um, there was a big college fair. We're a town with a, that a lot of colleges come and visit. And my son had a list of colleges that have strong biology programs that uh, we'd gotten off the internet. And instead of just kind of walking through this college fair alphabetically and uh, visiting every single table, my son made a beeline for the colleges who were visiting that also happened to be on his list of colleges with a strong bio program. And then he stood in front of those desks and introduced himself and said a little bit about his own interest in biology and then said, I know that you guys have a really strong biology program and that's why I'm excited to talk to you. And what I heard from my son after he participated in this college fair that night was, wow, mom, it wasn't nearly as terrible as I thought to have those conversations. Of course, I know as a former college dean, if you can actually say to a school, I know something about you. I'm not just interested in you because you're on some top whatever list. I'm interested in you because you have a program that I might want to participate in. That really excites the people on the other side of the desk. So I was thrilled for my son that he managed to get over a hurdle of fear about, you know, what is it going to be like to even talk to a person who works for a college and to begin to experience the fun of saying, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I'm interested in. And you, you college right over there, you might be a good fit for me. So that was a real win for my kid. And I know that they keep track of the kids that come and talk. And, you know, now my kid's name is on a list somewhere at that college of a kid that demonstrated an interest. So it's November. And as we heard in the last episode, our getting in seniors are beginning to submit their applications. We wondered what it feels like to reach that first moment when you've just sent the application and it's now totally out of your hands. A few nights ago, we received this. Hi everyone, it's Jordana. I just clicked submit on my Early Decision Columbia application. Well, actually I clicked a series of buttons that said submit, but they're all done, it's all in. I'm weirdly calm. I thought after I clicked it I would uh, <laughs> surrender to my body's exhaustion and collapse on the floor, but I'm actually, I'm okay. My dog is sleeping on the floor. I'm, I'm alone in my living room with my laptop and my feelings. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit sh shaking from, I don't know whether exhaustion or excitement, but I'm, I'm calm and content with what I sent in. And, you know, however it turns out, I know that I sent in a good representation of me, um, and a true representation of me, more importantly. So we'll see, but that's how I'm feeling right now. Uh, and I have so much else to focus on, but I will be making myself a cup of hot chocolate with whipped cream and marshmallows, and I'll be catching up on Project Runway, which I have missed profusely. 
Jordana, we're rooting for you as we're rooting for everyone in our program and really for every senior who's listening. We're rooting for you. We'll be excited to hear your results. We'll be here to support you no matter what. Listeners, especially all you 12th graders out there, we want to hear from you. When you press submit in the coming weeks, send us a short one-minute audio diary. Tell us what that moment felt like for you. And to everyone, parents, students, teachers, and counselors alike, keep emailing us your questions and voice memos. Our email is slate.com. Or you can call our hotline and leave a message. That number is 929-999-4353. That's 929-999-4353. We've got one more listener question today. This one's from a parent in Maryland. This is Joellen calling from Baltimore County, Maryland. I know that a school profile is sent by each high school as part of a student's application, and I have a question about a school's average SAT scores. My child is a senior in a public school system where, for the last couple of years, every junior has been required to take the SAT during a school day administration in April, whether they want to or not. As a result, her school's average SAT score dropped significantly. Will this fairly low SAT average affect the admission chances of the students who attend this high school? If so, is there anything that can be done to mitigate the effect? Thanks for your answer. We asked our expert Steve Lemenege to answer Joellen's question. Steve is the president of Advice, a college counseling firm. He's also a former director of admission at Princeton University. The quick answer is no. The the school profile is something that colleges would like to see from a community and from a school, just to see what students in that community do in terms of their SATs, the the average GPA at a, at a particular school, and just uh, what courses are offered at the school. So it's a great way for colleges to see what that local school is all about. I would not worry at all about the fact that there was an in-school SAT administration and the scores were lower. That will not affect how colleges look at individual students who apply from that school. In fact, the colleges will focus more on what the scores are that the students from that school send to the college. So as a parent, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I might go so far as to say it's actually a good thing. If the overall set of scores from a school are low and your kids got higher scores, that it will impress the college. So this is one of those things you actually don't have to worry about at all. Hooray, finally something for us as parents not to worry about. And that's it for this episode. You can catch up on any episodes you might have missed at slate.com slash getting in. And you can find me on Twitter if you're interested. My handle is at Dean Julie. I also tweet at Raise an Adult. And please leave us a comment on iTunes. It helps other people discover our show. Getting In is a production of Slate and Panoply Media. Michelle Siegel is our producer. Production help from Barry Finkel. Our executive producer is Laura Mayer. And Panoply's chief content officer is Andy Bowers. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Julie Lithcott-Hames. And I hope you'll join us next time on Getting In. And remember, it's not just about getting in. It's about finding the right fit. Getting In is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible has more than 180,000 audiobooks. You can download them and access them on a bunch of different devices, on iPhones, Android, Kindle, or pretty much any other MP3 player. One book you might try out from Audible is Becoming Nicole by Amy Ellis Nutt, who's a Pulitzer Prize-winning science reporter. She tells the riveting true story of a transgender girl and her identical twin brother growing up in small-town Maine. 
If you want to listen to Becoming Nicole or many other books, Audible has it. With more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word products, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audible.com college. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash college. And use the promo code COLLEGE.